Our scripture this morning is uh, again from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. It is uh, that portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that we know as the Beatitudes. So we're going to hear it one more time. Now when he saw the crowds, Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Fitting passage for us to look at this morning as we celebrate All Saints Sunday and as we remember those whom we have loved who have gone on before us. Jesus assures us that there is comfort on the other side of sorrow, maybe even in the midst of our mourning. Saying goodbye to those that we love and who loved us is a painful part of of life in this world. William Shakespeare wrote, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. We and everyone that we know and love have their entrances and their exits. And today we remember those who have graced the stage of this world and played particular roles in our lives and who now have exited. And since we've had pictures of loved ones up here on the stage, I'm going to put up one more picture this morning for you. And I'll just tell you, this is just to be a little bit more lighthearted this morning. It's my dad. Um, Yeah, well, uh, what do I say? Um, It's my dad, Harold Miller. It is a ridiculously huge picture. Not so much maybe in this sanctuary, (laughs) but if it was hanging on your living room wall, not that you would want my dad's picture on your living room wall, but if it was there, you'd go like, oh my goodness. So uh, my brother, who's a photographer, blew this picture up. Uh, for the, my dad's memorial service. My dad passed eight years ago. And uh, a friend of his matted and framed it and as a gift to our family. And then after the, after the funeral, we were all like, what are we going to do with this thing? <laughs> you know, you can't just get rid of it. It's dad, after all. It's sort of like a sacred object. And, and you know, so my mom took it home, and she didn't know what to do with it. She would even chuckle about it. And for the last eight years, for most of the last eight years, it's been hanging on my mother's dining room wall on and off. Um, by that, I mean it would, she would hang it there, and it took up, like, she had a small dining room, so it took up a big space of wall. And, uh, you know, she would just sort of grin and look at it, and then sometimes she would just take it down, and it would be sitting there on the floor, leaning against the wall, or even put away. Most of the time, it was up, but she didn't even know really what to do with it. So, and when my mom passed recently, um, my... Uh, 
brother who's the photographer is sort of uh, is the keeper of all the family pictures. And I was home for a wedding two weeks ago and staying with he and his wife. And uh, before I left, he and another brother snuck this in among the things that I brought back. <laughs> so I got back to Jamestown, and, and here's the picture. So, so like, I'm not going to hang this in my home. Uh, so uh, I think this is going to become a gag in our family, you know, where... Uh, it's just going to get passed between us. And so the next time I go to visit one of my brother's dad's coming with me. <laughs> so that's the way that's, that's, that's going to work. So um, I've noticed, though, that since uh, my mother passed away, which five months ago this Wednesday, but who's counting, that, uh, that like emotions are like, like at the surface. And I think I'll be okay. But even when I saw her picture on the screen this morning, you know, it was like, ugh. You know, uh, just, I've just been aware that emotions are like right at the surface for me. And it doesn't take much for uh, tears to well up in my eyes these days. Grief is something that I'm living with, and uh, everyone grieves differently, right? Uh, my parents lived fairly full lives. Psalm 90 says that uh, uh, the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. And my, both my parents had the strength. My dad was just uh, weeks away from turning 80, and my mother had just turned 84 when she passed. And uh, I had time to say goodbye to both of them, you know. But it's not the same as when death comes suddenly and unexpectedly or in an, un- or in an untimely manner. I was struck by how many young people have passed that we remembered here this morning. Some of them suddenly, some of them tragically. And it's still loss. Uh, even, my, even my grief as well, it's still loss. We grieve because we loved and because we were loved. Not a day goes by that I don't think of my mother. I wish I could just pick up the phone and give her a call. And in fact, I still, I have on my phone still some of her voice messages over the last few years that, you know, I don't know, what do you do with those? I'm not going to delete them, you know. And, uh, and I also have a few videos that I did of my mother over the, like the last six or eight years, which my mother was kind of a funny person. So I get entertained by watching videos of my mother. They're short, but they're fun. So, so uh, Henry Nouwen, who passed in 96, he was a Catholic priest and very gifted writer, said this, and I think this was shortly on the passing of his own mother. He said, I realize how deeply the death of a parent touches us. We suddenly realize that some of the most intimate ties are broken and that we are called to let our parents move away from us and their place in history. And I think this is probably true of anyone that we are close to who is, who is gone. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's what Jesus said, and I'm certain that he knew by experience what he was talking about. This is a kingdom truth. This is another one of those counterintuitive words of wisdom, for, especially for those with broken hearts. It is a reminder that, of where to turn in the midst of loss and sorrow. It's an assurance that grief and mourning are not the end of the story. Whatever the loss, whatever the reason for the loss, the words of some of Isaiah 40 come to mind. Comfort, comfort, my people. The the arrival of the kingdom of God, which Jesus inaugurated by his own life, death, and resurrection, uh, breaks into the present every now and then, bringing with it the first taste of God's comforting blessings, even as we await the final fulfillment of the gospel. 
We are promised, we are promised, the scripture is clear on this, we are promised a future when there will be no more sorrow or death or mourning or tears. Imagine that. No more separation from loved ones. In the meantime, as the Apostle Paul reminded early believers in 1 Thessalonians 4, he said, we grieve, we grieve, rightly, but not like those who have no hope. We have hope. We have hope. I believe and trust that those I love who have passed away are in God's presence, seeing God face to face because of Jesus Christ, and that one day I will join them, and one day we will all be clothed in immortality and light. Blessed are those who mourn, not happy about loss, but comforted in the midst of it and through it. The God of all comfort is especially close to the brokenhearted. Read the Psalms and you'll find the record of God's faithfulness to those who cried out to Him, those who called on His name, who trusted in His great love and mercy. Psalm 42, My tears have been my food day and night. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I should mention that while we are focusing primarily this morning on the grief that comes at the loss of a loved one, that isn't all that Jesus had in mind when he said, blessed are those who mourn. There are all sorts of things that we can lament and grieve, aren't there? Again, you can find examples of those in the Psalms as well, the songs of Israel. We can and should expect to grieve over our sin and our sinful condition especially when we fall hard or keep struggling with the same sin and brokenness, when our, sin, when our sins bring damage into our relationships or just make a mess of our lives, we rightly grieve. If we have any compassion for others, we will grieve. We will grieve uh, over brokenness, pain and suffering, and injustice in the world. We grieve change, especially when those transitions involve the loss of something that we value or treasure. So all sorts of things that prompt us to grieve, sorrow, regret, or lament our sins and wrongdoing, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of a reputation or status, loss of anything that was important to us that we perhaps even took for granted until it was gone. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There are some common and predictable uh, patterns to grief, even though everyone grieves differently. Uh, For example, most of you know this, that during, and you might be especially mindful of this for yourself, as well as for uh, loved ones who are going through grief, but uh, anniversaries, birthdays, holidays can be especially difficult after a loved one has passed. And you may be familiar with Elizabeth Keebler Ross's important work, The Five Stages of Grief. Those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, um, depression, and acceptance. I'll say them again. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And the journey of grief is not a straight path, uh, meaning you may visit any one of those five stages and not necessarily in sequence, and you may even come around to one of them more than once as a part of your journey. 
But I find it comfort, a comfort in knowing that there is something observable or common about the stages of grief. It's sort of like knowing I'm not crazy, okay? I'm not crazy. This is, this is common to the experience. I can expect it. Shouldn't be surprised by it. I also find comfort in the fact that God himself knows grief intimately and by experience. Yes, even God grieves. The Bible tells us that Christ, the Messiah, is a man of sorrows and familiar, familiar with suffering. God in Christ knows and feels our grief. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Do you remember that? As he's heading into Jerusalem, he wept over that city. God is grieved by stubbornness and unbelief, by blindness and ignorance, by sin and injustice. Jesus wept at the, at the death of his friend Lazarus, even though he had the power to restore him to life, and he did. Nevertheless, Jesus wept at Lazarus' passing. And Jesus was overwhelmed with sorrow as he went to the cross. To his own death, Jesus felt sorrow. Whatever the loss or sorrow, whatever the reason for it, God invites us to draw near to him, to rest in him, to trust him, to believe him, even to believe that eventually comfort and healing will come. Let me tell you what else gives me comfort in the midst of mourning. It's the knowledge that we are made in the image of God. We are made to be like God. We are made to be with God. What Jesus did for all of humanity, for all time, by his own incarnation, his life, death, and resurrection, he did so that we may be inextricably linked with he and the Father. He shared in our humanity that we might share in his divinity, that we might share in the divine community, which is eternal, eternal love. All things, Scripture says, were created by Christ and for him and in him all things hold together. Listen carefully. Jesus, I'll say it again, all things were made by and for Christ and in him all things hold together. He holds us together, not just from falling apart, but he holds us together. Sometimes as in the midst of grief as a healing and remembering community. That's what we're doing today. And ultimately, he holds us all together. And this is, this is in a mystical sense. I know that Christ is holding me. Okay? I trust that. I know that. I believe that. I rest in that. I know at the same time that Christ is holding my mother and my father and my grandparents and all those whom I have loved through the years, he is holding them as well. We are all one. We are one. It's kind of amazing to think of it in that way. We may be physically apart, but mystically united in Christ. Scripture says that we, that we are already seated in the heavenly realms. We are already in God's presence. If we could pull back the veil of this earth, we would see that we are already now in the presence of God, which means that our loved ones who are there in God's presence, who have gone before us, aren't all that far away. 
It's a comforting thought. May we all live with such faith and hope until it is time for our own exit, our own departure. I'm going to close with something that a friend shared with me uh, when my mother passed back in June. I don't even know where this came from, but I'm going to share it with you because I, I think it's, 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 it's a beautiful idea of the fact that death is just a doorway, okay? It's a transition. It's a change. Yes, we grieve, but it's not... We, we grieve our loss, right? We're not grieving for those who are gone. They're rejoicing, okay? Listen to this. I'm standing upon the seashore... A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for the blue oceans. She is an object of beauty and strength, and I stand and watch her until at length she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and sky come down to mingle with each other. Then someone at my side says, There, she's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that is all. She is just as large in mast and hull and spar as she was when she left my side and just as able to bear her load of living freight to the place of her destination. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at that moment when someone at my side says, there, she's gone, there are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to take up the glad shout, there, she's coming. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let's pray. God, help us to be people who live in faith and in trust of you. God, each of us grieves differently, and the losses are different as well. Lord, even this morning, May the words God spoken here today, may the words sung, may the prayers lifted up, may the experiences in this place, just the, the friendship and fellowship of one another, God, may it be a blessing to each of us in our own journey, wherever we are, being reminded and comfort, comforted, God, of your presence and your continued love for us. We pray it in Jesus' name.